All right. I think it's time to get this thing started, bro. Let's do it, sir. All right, welcome back to another episode of Wisdom in the Room podcast. I am your host, Matthew Gibson, and today I am with one of my good friends, Mr. Brian Pardue. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Welcome to the cabin. Welcome to the cabin. Where are we at, man? Up here at Breckenridge, Colorado. Breckenridge, Colorado, man. Looking at some snow, some mountains, some moose. Some moose. We just saw a moose. Like, what do you call a group of moose? I think it's, I think it's just moose. Like deer is also the plural for deer. Mooses. We saw some mooses. Some mice. We saw some mice. <laughs> nah, it was cool though, man. Like that was one of those things we were talking about before we even got up here. Yeah. And then like all of a sudden you just hear Tank barking. I'm like, <laughs> he hasn't barked at all since I've been here. And you just hear him barking and you're like, Matt. You wanna see a moose? <laughs> I do. It's crazy, man. I've never actually seen a moose up in person before. So hopefully they come closer. Maybe they can cool. be part of the episode or something. But yeah, man, welcome to Wisdom in the Room. And this is like the Wisdom in the Room tour. I think I kind of told you about that. But like, I'm going to California tomorrow, which is crazy. But flying out at 1, 1 p.m.? It's at 2. 2. But, okay. Know, we'll get there early because we don't want to rush. But yeah, man, um, tell the folks a little about yourself, man. Like, um, we'll get into how we met and all that. But like, just tell them where you're from. Obviously, they know your name. But yeah. like, so something unique about you. Matthew and I met. Um, like he said in the fellows 2018 yeah um, we were both just kind of I think we connected for one of the reasons was we we both had lots of big questions mm-hmm. um, we and we weren't yeah. really afraid of asking them and um, we were transparent enough with each other to just wrestle in those big questions and so here we are two years later a friendship that I feel like it continued to grow yeah, I'm just continuing to grow as life kind of progresses, you know? Yeah, every time the phone rings and it's Matt Gibson, I'm like, yes! And, like, the thing about it is, is, like, anytime we have a conversation, it's not going to be a short conversation. Like, <laughs> you got to budget some of the nah, day for real. You got to, like, budget out at least, like, an hour out of your time. The same would be a conversation. We could just, yeah, man, shoot the breezes. I'm good. You're yeah, good? Good. Like, cool. <laughs> covering a lot of stuff with a lot mm-hmm. of conversations, man. So, I always... I always enjoyed our conversations on here. And so now to have you actually to be on the podcast, man, is um, cool. I'll yeah. say it's an honor. It's an honor. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah. So I appreciate you. All right. Like, this is a question I got for you. Okay. So something that I've been thinking about and like uh, is identity, mm-hmm. obviously. Identity is something that I've been thinking about for a long time for a few years especially like leading into the fellows I think more questions left afterward about identity and how we identify ourselves and like so the biggest thing is like when I played football um, I identified myself as a football player because I believed deeply that what I did was who I was but it took you know having my career in for me to actually recognize within myself that, yo, that was just how you expressed yourself. Football was something that you were passionate about. Mm-hmm. It's what you loved. And so you expressed it through working hard. You expressed right. it through being a great athlete. And right. it got you to the league. It got you to these things. But that wasn't who you were. That's just what you did. And so, like, right. now, where I'm at in my life now, I understand that the things that I do, even now working as a counselor or opportunity specialist, um, it's not who I am. It's just what I do, but I'm expressing that because I love to mentor. Right. I love to listen and I love to encourage and help people work through things or help people learn more about themselves and learn about others. And so like, I get to do that. I express that through my career in education right now. Yeah. And also express that through this podcast and, and I express that through a bunch of different outlets, writing, you know, and just connecting with people, having conversations. How, how do you express who you are? Mm-hmm. So I guess that would be like, yeah, how do you express, so who are you? How do you express yourself? Maybe just a brief pause. Do you have a working definition of mm-hmm. identity? I don't, but maybe that's what I need to get. <laughs> that's, the, that's, a, that's a good question, though. I need, yeah. to, I need to get that. Yeah. So maybe the next episode I have a, yeah. a working definition. That's cool, bro. You can help me come up with that. Okay. That's like some psychology, some some research I've <laughs> been like building what you write, though. But yeah. I guess it would be difficult cool. to answer what is your identity true. if you don't know what an identity is. That is true, true, true. So I guess, um, so what I what I think of, when I think of identity, 
I'm thinking of my characteristics. Mm-hmm. So like, um, like, uh, like I was saying, I guess like me being encouraging. Uh, I think of me being a son of God. I think of me uh, being passionate or like I've started thinking of those intrinsic qualities. Those things yeah. help build your identity. Um, what else could go into that? Uh, yeah, maybe it's something like that if you if you took away from Matthew, he wouldn't be Matthew anymore. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So these things, so I guess like what makes you you and how do you express that? Yeah. I think, you know, there, there have been a bunch of ways over the years, uh, music or writing sure. or friendships or sports, um, but I think most recently it probably has been adding value. Mm. Um, that's I guess that's kind of broad, but like when I when I think about you know the little condo we live in, it's how can I add value to the situation right now? Well, maybe I'll I'll set up the couch nice and square and fold the yeah. blankets and get the perfect lines in the carpet with the vacuum cleaner yeah. and. Yeah. Um, or or adding value to Tank is the dog you mentioned earlier. Like, how can I create the best existence for him? Yeah, and I, that sounds a little woohoo, but <laughs> you know, if he's a if he's a polite dog, he's yeah. probably going to enjoy life more yeah, yeah, yeah. than than a dog that's always getting scolded. Yeah. Um. So I think, I think recently, you know, over the past COVID season, mm-hmm. um, I think inadvertently just how how can I add value to what's going on how can I make it better Um, because I think part of my identity is that connection piece Mm -hmm. and so how do all the pieces fit Mm -hmm. the best way Mm -hmm. they can right and I think adding value is good because I think I think I'm kind of thinking back to like our strengths finders that we used to have to take all these assessment tests when we was in the fellows. Yeah, we like, did. <laughs> in a way that that strengths finder was good because it kind of helps you to see some of the things that you are naturally good at. And then, like, I think right. when I guess where I think the end all of the question, the ultimate question that I ask is that, like, when you are, I think it's just in, to help people just realize something, to realize that you can connect in purpose if you can express yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you are able to express yourself in anything that you're doing, you're able to find purpose in it. Yeah, like, sure. So, so like well you being a value adder, like you could be working at, you know, um, I don't know, I don't want to put anything, but like you could be doing a job that you maybe not like love at all. Like you might hate it, but been if there. You, right? But if you can find <laughs> like it's like that one little joy, like oh man, you know what? Find it like for you being at, uh, you love to add value. So finding ways to add value can help you to connect with purpose within yeah. that season that you have to be where you are. Yeah. Right. So That's like, true. That for me, like I said it before and I'll say it again. And it took me like after I was finished playing in Montreal in 2017, I was working at a car wash, bro. Mm-hmm. Working at a car wash for like seven months. Sweeping, <laughs> I was freaking sweeping a car wash, bro. This is gonna be the cleanest floor there's right. ever been. Right, sweeping, just sweeping. But like, honestly, that wasn't what made me realize it. Uh, I had a revelation of like, like you know, don't attach your identity to what you do because mm-hmm. like if you do, like I mean, this is like it's from where I had been. This is the lowest of the low. So don't attach your identity to what you do in that sense. Right, that's dangerous, isn't it's it? Very if, dangerous. If you don't like where you're at, but your identity is tied to where you're at, right? Then you start not liking yourself, right? Because you think that thing, you see yourself as less than in certain, right. in certain ways. But um, I think what it was is like working with the people that I was with, like and recognizing within myself, I like encouraging these folks. Mm-hmm. I see they were younger than me, and it was some that were looking up to me, and so it's like I actually like to. You know, try to guide people, not trying to force my opinion on them. But if they asking questions and asking my opinion, I like to help guide people to help make the best decision for themselves. Right. And so, like, I was able to connect in purpose. So, like, it'd be days I ain't really want to go to work. But <laughs> I knew it was, like, one of, uh, if it was a coworker that I really like working with and he was cool, I was like, all right, it kind of made it work. I can see the purpose right. in them. So, right. it's like, my purpose wasn't necessary to watch cars. My purpose probably was to connect with folks. And if you knew little Timmy was having a rough week and you guys shared a shift. Yeah, it's just like, bro, I understand. And can yeah. relate to that. You know what I mean? So, like. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's it's all a part of the journey. And, like, I'm, you know, I'm just learning, man. But, like, I think. 
um, I guess I could, the fellows kind of helped me to be more self-aware mm-hmm. in, in certain ways, like acknowledge certain things that uh, maybe I was putting off and really just sit there and deal with it. Because I think it that, and we, so like the fellows, I guess we we'll just give a running definition of what the fellow was. Yeah. Essentially, the fellows is a, a cohort of young 20 somethings, probably from like 21, 20, like 21, 22 yeah. to like, I was me, I was like one of the older ones. And so, over the time, I was like 26, I think. No, 25. 25? I was 25 at the time. So, it was a, a pretty spread out age group, but everybody was above 21. And the whole purpose, I, at least this was my thought process of what the purpose of the fellows is, to help you find your God-given purpose. And, like, obviously, you don't just leave the fellows and, like, I found it. And then, like, <laughs> everything is. But, no, nah, it, takes, it takes a while. But, really, it's, it's, it's 10 months of intentionally focusing on yourself. Yeah. 10 months of um, doing a job that you may or may not like, but within that job, you it, it, it I felt like it is connected with a part of who you are. I feel like Ned did a great job of connecting us with jobs of where he can, I guess where he saw, like, oh, well, I think he could be an added bonus. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. And then, like, um, it's 10 months of relationship building. Relationship, teach you the importance of community. Uh, relationship building with the folks in your cohort, relationship building with the folks at your job, relationship with the folks in the community that we get to meet, meet so many different people. I just that's a great description. I just called it a leadership development program because yeah, yeah, it was yeah. such a weird thing to to try and explain to people. Right, it's because it's, it's so many it has so many long arms to it. Like you can't just like especially fundraising. There was no oh easy my pitch. Goodness, I feel that no, nah, because like people are like what. <laughs> you want me to do what? And how's this gonna help you? But like, I mean, it's a blessing, though. It was a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways. Um, it were definitely points of resistance within myself at times. Like, like I, at first, I didn't want to have to stay with nobody. I was twenty five years old. I didn't want to stay with nobody. Like, live in somebody's basement. But yeah, I felt the same way because right. I've been on my own for three, four years at the right. time. And so it's like, why do I gotta go do this now? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want no roommate. I'm grown. But like, honestly, <laughs> that ended up turning out being a blessing because yeah. like that family, the Todd's, um, Todd and Judy Smith, like they were really. Uh, they're like it was a great relationship that I still have to this day. So it's like dang. shout out to the Smiths, right? So it's like dang, I appreciate that. Yeah, but like I don't know how has life been for you since the fellows ended. It's been a bit of a whirlwind. Um, so coming out of the fellows, I went back into swim coaching. Yeah. Um. And what else was I doing? I was still doing some marketing for Chick-fil-A, just yeah, very yeah. part-time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think my, we were talking about this earlier, but my, you know, the way I view myself is how well I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And if it's like, dang, I'm, you know, I love these kiddos and I love swim coaching. It's a big passion. Um, but I'm back. Yeah. Um, so I started <laughs> working with a buddy. On a business plan, we were going to do a commercial janitorial service. Um, we built a business plan, got the LLC rights, um, a couple hiccups with the naming rights, and uh, I think we had talked to enough people that word got out, and there was an already established mm-hmm. company with you know a similar MO um, that came to me and asked you know if I would join their team. Basically, like please don't start another bit of competition. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I welcomed the the security of you know a full time job, and you know versus the questionable nature of starting your own business. There's lots of risks there. Yeah, it is. But it led to this cool opportunity. Um, so I left the swim team uh, for the second time, which the kids were less than happy about. Yeah. Um. And started working for this company. Um, I met a lady. Yeah. Met a lady in, towards the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, uh, you know, long distance. She lived in Colorado and I was living in Winston-Salem. And uh, that started picking up. And in an unfortunate turn of events, um, this, this was... Early March, mm-hmm. um, 
my boss at the time said, well, would you stay when your contract is up? And I said, I can't tell you yes or no. You know, this, this, this lady seems quite wonderful. Yeah. And um, I don't, you know, I have to follow my gut on this one. And I thought it was a, you know, a transparent, honest conversation. That was a Friday. Yeah. So on Monday, I worked a whole day. And um, he called me into the office towards the end of the day. So I drove out to Greensboro from Winston. And um, he said, well, you know, I just wanted to have this conversation with you because it looks like <laughs> you may or may not have broken the contract in this place and this place. So what we're going to do is move you down to 10 hours a week. And it has to be door-to-door -door sales. And it has to be in Greensboro. And this is when the virus was starting to kick up. Yeah. Um, at this point, said lady and I are uh, quite serious. Yeah. So I packed my bags and I moved to Colorado. But brave. Um, yeah, it was, it was another it's risk, risk, right? It's a risk. You're taking a risk on something, right? Um, yeah, that, that leads to what we'll talk about later. But so get out to Colorado. Yeah. I'm on savings. Um, my relationship is just taking off. Um, we ended up getting married in June. Yeah. And uh, it's been a wonderful six months. Shout out to you, Maddie. <laughs> and uh, I think it's been, this past year in particular, has been really difficult um, because of all of the questions. Mm -hmm. You know, there's not pandemic. a lot that's certain right now. For sure. For uh, sure. The pandemic work. Now I'm working yeah. with the church um, and it's been wonderful. But there's just a, a lot of questions. And so it's, I started a new life, moved across the country, left my roots um, to start new roots in yeah. the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so Literally. when when I'm reflecting, it's hard to tell where what I'm feeling goes. What you mean? You know, am I feeling this uneasiness because this virus is just awful and it's cabin fever? Mm -hmm. Or am I feeling this uneasiness because I miss my friends? Yeah. And I want to see my mom. Yeah. You know, it's, so there, there are just so many weird things, none of them particularly awful, but so many weird things without answers piled in at the same time. It's yeah. been a... It's, it's been a world. It's been a process. Yeah, <laughs> it has. It's a lot, bro. It's a lot, and I think like along the way, it's like through the experiences that you've been having over the since the fellows ended till now, like it's maturing you, it's growing you. Mm -hmm. right? It's like whoa, all right, real life. This is real life, and mm -hmm. like with real life, you either gotta swing back or get knocked out. Right. And it's like all right, woof. I duck and dodge that, and just try to find a way. Yeah. So like. You said you got married in June. Boom. You got married in June. Like, yo, how long were y'all together before you got married? That's a great question. Yeah. So we, we started, uh, we got connected at the end, beginning of August, middle of August. So August 2019. 2019. Yeah. Um, we had met each other early January. Okay. Started dating two days later. You know, so from August to January, there was just lots of intentional communication and conversation, and the eyebrow kept getting a little higher. It's like <laughs> she okay. might be in. Okay, <laughs> let me find out. Um, and then you know, after we kept seeing each other in person, it was just so obvious yeah. that she was she was my teammate. Yeah. Um, so it, it wasn't difficult moving. Yeah. Because we knew each other so well. We got to know each other so well from August to January. Started officially dating in January. Um, and then I moved at the end of March. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proposed in the beginning of April. Uh, we were engaged for two and a half months, three months, and we got married at the end of June. Was there no games being played? Zero. No games being... I actually just earlier in the car on the way up here. <laughs> I was like... Yo, what do you say to people like? And you was telling me it wasn't really been that many people that challenged it, but like, right? Like I know that like you know certain people or probably most of the time it comes from people who don't know you, but like will look just take it for what it surface like. Whoa, y'all didn't really know each other the whole year. And you got married. Yeah. 
what do you say to that? Like, I mean, you can say a whole lot, but <laughs> I say that's true, and it's as crazy as it yeah. sounds. Um, and and believe you me, there was there are times where, so in the car, on the way to Colorado, I've got the dog, you know, the seats laid down, everything I could pack in there, and yeah. the dog, and we drove straight to the condo. And on that drive, it was there was never any doubt. Or yeah. questioning, but it's like this is crazy. Yeah, and it not in a negative light, mm-hmm. but just how wild is this? That's a big step, bro. Oh my goodness! That step in itself it was a step of commitment. Just like to say, like <laughs> right. I'm uprooting myself in the beginning <laughs> of a pandemic. First of all, uprooting myself, driving with my dog and all the stuff that I own <laughs> to like thousands of miles away to you know really. To build a life, cause like in your mind, like you already mad at her. You probably like knew in your head moving out here. I was about to marry her. Yeah, it was just a matter of time or how. Fast I knew it was January. Yeah, so it's like in your mind, I feel like you had to know that, and so I guess that does give you a little bit of extra incentive to take that risk. And what's funny is um, when I called back home and was like telling my friends and family, like I've got, I've got the ring, you know. Yeah. I was expecting like a, oh my goodness, congratulations, this is so crazy, we're so happy. But what I got was a, oh, awesome, because of how big the commitment was yeah. moving across the country. Right, they already just schematically, they probably already knew it. Like, cool, yeah, it's just a matter of time for it. Right, right. Like, so, you know, wasn't a big shock value to buying it. a ring yeah. says just as much, if not more, yeah. as moving across the country. Right, because literally, like you said, you uprooted yourself. Hmm. And that's dope, man. I think that's awesome, like... For me, you know, I think to look at that, you know, uh, and see it, it's inspiring in a lot of ways of, of like, you know, of, as a man taking that step to say, like, you know what, it's a lot of options out here, but this is the one that I want. Mm-hmm. This is the one that I want to narrow my focus on, mm-hmm. you know, and just, yo, you're my teammate, you're my person, you're my partner. Yeah. Whatever you want to survive it, right? Yeah. And uh, it fell into place a lot like that. Um you know, I remember the first FaceTime, there was, there was a lot of, uh, it took some convincing Yeah. on my part. Like, I had to convince her. Uh, oh, to like, to get the, um, what? Well, so the, the discourse before, yeah. you know, we started talking all the time was, was a little question to it. You know, yeah. she, uh, <laughs> and she admits it herself, but just the, what do you want? she was not about it. Yeah. Uh, we got set up by a mutual friend. Yeah. And uh, it's like, okay, so I'm supposed to do what? You know? It's awkward at times. Too. FaceTime this guy who lives on the <laughs> other side of the country, literally, and and it's just going to be awesome. And, yeah. And she wasn't a fan of long distance anyway, and neither was I. And yeah. So, you know, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, both took a risk. Yeah, so I remember the first... Uh, the first FaceTime we had was a little small talky. Yeah. That's the worst, though. <laughs> so, what do you do for fun? Yeah. That's the worst, though. I don't like small talk, man. But it very quickly... It very quickly switched into yeah. real conversation. <laughs> um, we both kind of went, oh. 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 You like to go there. Okay. I oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, the we had... Emailed once. We got connected over email. How lame is that? Um, texted her. She took a day or two, texted back. I took a day or two, texted back. Then we FaceTimed. Um, and then, you know, we were communicating over text every day. It sped up a little bit. And then two weekends later, we FaceTimed again. And after that one, it was constant communication. See, you got some persistence to you, bro. Because, like, <laughs> I'll be honest, man. I, I'm the type... Maybe it's ego. I don't know. Like, I sent a text message and it doesn't get responded to. And it's like a hell of a delay. I'm just going to take that as a sign. that it, the, the feeling is not mutual. So let me just cut my losses here. Well, I'll, I'll, go, real. I'll go further into that. Um, when she was replying to that first email. Yeah. Uh, or maybe it was the second or third, whatever. But Email, that's crazy. I know. <laughs> I know. That's crazy. And that was another part of the hesitation is like this this old guy connected us over email. This this is just funky. Um so I I said something real smooth like you know, "Hey, I know you're busy. I've been busy myself. 
I might respond quicker to a text or a call. Yeah. Put my number in there. <laughs> Put my number in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she just, you know, in a people-pleasing, polite manner, said something similar. But when she was typing her number in, her finger hit the eight instead of the seven. Jeez. And so I texted her, and three weeks went by. And I met with Jeez. I met with the guy who had connected us. He was my mentor. And I was like, Clyde, she is not about it, man. It it's been three weeks of radio silence. And he uh, said, Try again, brother. Try. Faint again. heart never won the fair maiden. Sheesh. So I, that night I sent her another Sheesh. text, and another three weeks went by. And so I said, Clyde, I'm starting to feel creepy. Yeah. She's clearly not into it. Not trying to be a stalker. Like, I'm just gonna let it go. And he said, That that doesn't sound like her at all. What number do you have for her? Mm-hmm. And so he's reading off, and the first nine numbers are just exactly what I have written down. And then the last one was so I sent her a real text, and my perspective was um, you know, during that six weeks <laughs> was okay, like Maybe she's very busy, and then it went to, yeah, it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Her perspective during that month and a half was, this guy's lame. I'm a yeah. catch. He's got yeah. my number. <laughs> just get this out to everybody, you know. Right. <laughs> you have to be recommended. <laughs> <Just now. laughs> so that was, uh, I told her a couple weeks later that I had the wrong number, and she, it was a great misunderstanding. <laughs> and the rest is history, I guess you can say from there. Yeah. That's beautiful, bro. I asked you this yesterday, too. I was like, I think I asked you, did you know she was the one? I think a lot of guys, like, we always hear that. And I feel like it's real cliche, but in a way, it can be very true, too. Yeah, how frustrating is that? I remember hearing people say, when you know, you know, brother. You know, you know. I'm like, do you really? Like, it's no doubts whatsoever? Yeah. That doesn't frustrate me so much anymore. Yeah, so now you're about to be the one that's like, you know, you know. What do you know? You're going to be that guy. (laughs) Somebody else when you know, you know. No, here's the thing. I I think um, if two people are on the same page and both want a relationship, you can make it work. And there's something beautiful in fighting for a relationship. I like that. So any two people that want to make it work can make it work. And when I realized, Mm, when I saw her character... And saw her depth and realized she wanted to make it work. This is another. It's like, oh, okay. How how am I supposed to say I didn't know? And at that time, within yourself, you wanted a relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. I had um, I had stayed single for I think it was like four and a half years. Yeah. Um, I you know went on a couple of dates, but there's nothing that wasn't small talky. Yeah, I love that though. I think I've, that's one that I connect with with anyone. It's like. If 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 we can get below the surface, and we actually talking about some stuff of substance, that that intrigues me. That draws me in. Yeah, like it's like all right, dang, she's smart too. She yeah. has a lot to say. All right, teach me. Like that's mm-hmm. what I'm like. I'm learning as you talking, and I'm like, all right, girl, I like that. So I think that is a important factor, bro. I mean, all you, you might, smart ladies out there, it's it's intelligence is definitely on the list. Intelligence and depth is definitely on the list. But don't have a list. I mean, all right. Don't uh, have a all list. Right, but if intelli- if the person is not intelligent, there's no depth. There's nothing. <laughs> there's no spark, baby. Time out for a second. Look behind you. Oh wow. The sun coming down. No, the moose. Oh, yeah. I told you they get closer. Wow, that's so crazy. I wish I could Should see we it. Show the camera. No, I'm not doing that. Okay, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Just know it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I feel like we should. I feel like we should. All right, go ahead. All right, we're back. Sorry for that. That was a little different. Had to take a pause break. But anytime I feel like nature comes into the picture like this, I don't know. I can't find no, the eloquent words for it right now. But it just interrupted what we was doing. It's like these moose was like, yo. Y'all need to come take a look at me. Because literally, like, we're talking yeah. about it. Just That's what you get here, right? here at the cabin. They come to you, right? It's like, I heard you wanted to see what it looked like. <laughs> and like, yeah. yeah. And to actually see a moose in person is a beautiful thing. And um, that's one thing I think I've loved about Colorado since I've been here. Just the beauty that surrounds it is so much nature that hasn't been tapped. And so it's like untapped nature. So it's just letting nature be itself. Mm-hmm. And... You have no choice but to just sit here and just be in awe. 
Like I've been humbled since I've been there just because of how big the mountains are, the different types of like right. I've never seen some some of these. So you moving out here? Hey, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Wherever the wind. Come nah, on. I don't know. I can't say for a fact. I have. I can't say for a fact, but I definitely will be out here. Often, <laughs> you know, and see what the see what life takes me. But <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, I think that's just a. That's just the culmination of a lot of things. I don't know. I have to go back and reflect on this later. But, man, I think we were talking about relationships, but I kind of wanted to, that was It's done. The moose came through at the right time to kind of like, all right, let's put a pin in that. But I, I love your story just in general, bro. I love your story of, of what, especially of what this year's been, from mm. moving to Colorado from Winston-Salem to getting married, you know what I'm saying? And now I'm just really trying to deepen your roots here. And so all of this is a journey. It's a beautiful journey. And... um like I said, this year is unprecedented in a lot of ways. We didn't expect the pandemic to happen. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And the fact that this is something that we're growing and going through right now. Just think about this. If you had a conversation 10 years from now with somebody and they were asking you to describe 2020 in three words, what would be, you don't have to give me three. You give me one and I'll give you one. What would be a word that you would use to describe 2020 for yourself? I think I think three words would be difficult, okay, uh, beautiful, okay, um, and edifying. Mm. Difficult, beautiful. And edifying how so has it been edifying for you well the, so there's been so much beauty in the midst of all the difficulties mm-hmm. um, and I think one thing I've really had to wrap my head around is that the weight of beauty doesn't offset the hurt mm-hmm. they can just both exist mm-hmm. and you you can choose which one to dwell on and and obsess over. Thanks. But, you know, moving Thanks. out, like you were saying, this beautiful state. Yeah. That's an awesome thing. I live in a beautiful state and can just go look at wild things in my backyard. Literally. But I miss the the deep network of community that I was able to cultivate. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And so they're both real. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first... I kind of had this mindset of like, you know, what are you crying for? Mm-hmm. Don't be a baby. You're you're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. This is a, a beautiful state. You're pursuing the woman of your dreams. Um, but but those two things existed at the same time, whether I acknowledged it and processed it or not. Mm-hmm. And so I would hop on this beautiful train and say, I'm good. There's nothing to whine about. And then in my you know, free headspace would always find these really difficult feelings and emotions. Mm-hmm. And and I, I had to learn that the weight of beauty doesn't offset the weight of difficulty. Mm. The weight of beauty doesn't. That's a quote. You should write that down. That might be a quote of 2020. Yeah. The weight of beauty does not offset the difficulty. Is that what you said? The weight of difficulty. The weight of difficulty. Yeah. They're just both there. Yeah, it's like the shadow and light. There was one and the same, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I saw that, bro. They're right near in the backyard. They're like, in the backyard. The, the moose are literally in the backyard. Wowzers. Wow. I'd say 30 feet from us. I'm literally looking out. If I was outside, I'd be low-key scared. <laughs> I would be high-key scared. Definitely afraid. Damn. All right, so this is that's the way to beauty in a lot of ways. Right, and, and that doesn't mean that I shouldn't mm. stop to be sad mm. about, you know, yeah. missing my brother. Right. Or my sisters, or yeah. my other brother, even. Just acknowledge God that. forbid. Right, <laughs> right, right. I love all my siblings. Y'all get Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's acknowledging that, man. I think... Yeah, um, just because there's a moose right there, and this is a, a wonderful experience for both of us. Yeah. You know. The two things exist. Yeah. I think like when we make room, when we make room for the negative or the hard stuff, it makes those 
other moments more beautiful. Like, I feel mm. like so it's like it's an old school song. It's got joy and pain. You heard it for mm-hmm. it's like sunshine mm-hmm. and rain, right? So joy and pain they go hand in hand yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, right. But sometimes you have to go through that pain so that once you fully process that, like essentially what you're saying, when you fully process that pain, you are able to experience the fullness of joy, mm-hmm. right? And even in the midst of pain, you can experience joy, like. In the like the verse in James where it says, "Count it all joy when you like um, when you're faced with different trials, right? Mm-hmm. So going through stuff, mm-hmm. it's like you can find the joy in the midst of that, right? Because of I guess what is to come, right? Of what is to come from this moment or this right. painful experience in that moment. If the sun, you know, if the sun never was shining, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know that a cloudy day was a bummer, right? Right. So it takes you take it, and I think in this year too. You have to realize that everybody, well, hopefully, there's just something that you realize. You take the sweet with the salty, mm-hmm. take the poop with the clean diaper. I don't know. <laughs> you know. That's the quote of 2020. <laughs> take the poop with the clean diaper. <laughs> take the poop with the clean diaper. No, yeah. bro. For me, a word that I would use is serendipity. That's a word. I said it. I said it on the earlier. Go into one. that. Yeah, bro. It's it's been one of those. So serendipity essentially is like. Uh, one, it's like it, mean, it basically means like I feel to me I would describe it as like a magical moment, something that you didn't, you wasn't planning for it to happen, but something good happened and I wasn't even planning for it. Like, dang, that was a shocker. That was cool. It was a pleasant surprise. Mm. So like I feel like in this way, like there definitely has been negative moments, but there has been so many cool opportunities that has happened in my life this year. That like, it's like, dang, I wasn't even looking for that. And it happened. Yeah. Like, so this right here with these moose, literally coming out of nowhere. Like, we saw them from a distance and was just joking about like, oh, it'd be cool if they came out this way. And it they did. Like, this is a serendipitous moment. Like, I wasn't planning for that. And mm-hmm. it's, I'm actually now being able to see moose. Oh, dang, they must have heard something. They gone. They must have heard us talking. They all like, in formation, just like started sprinting. But, like, I think what it is is that being able to have moments like this, like, when I'm not playing for it, it's just like, wow, thank you. Like, thank you, God, because I wasn't expecting that. And just, like, from relationships, um, I would say, like, from relationships that I've, some of the women that I've encountered this year, it has been a beautiful thing, too, in a way. Even if it didn't manifest itself into a relationship or, like, it's just the experiences that I have is like, dang, you were a cool person. And, like, I'm glad to have met you because, like, it kind of helps me to know what I'm looking for in, in someone. Mm. And so, like, I'm I'm appreciative of, like, just that time, even if it was short. And so, like, uh, I think of it with, like, the opportunities that I've had this year of modeling with Champion and just just things that I wasn't even looking for. Like, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't looking, but it, like, it came looking for me because somebody mentioned your name in a room. And now it's like, boom, you have these opportunities to... To build on. And I think an important part of that is a word that you've said a couple times since you've been here, reflection. Yes, sir. If you haven't stopped to process where you're actually at, mm-hmm. um, in, in my own experience, mm. my head is too crowded. It's mm-hmm. too busy. Yeah, bro. It's too negative. I'm focusing on the, the times I've, you know, not seen cool things mm-hmm. and the cabin fever of being, you know, locked away because of this pandemic you know it just focusing on that stuff but when you stop to reflect you can almost or you know it feels like compartmentalizing again the weight of beauty and disappointment difficulty pain Um, whereas if it's just pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. all the time it's just a, yeah. a cluttered desk. That's real, bro. How do you um how do you reflect? What do you do? Um I haven't I haven't ever really been great at it. Okay. Um been practicing a lot more over the past month of creating a morning routine where I'm intentionally still. Mm-hmm. Um you know, no phone, no screens. Um I'll just stop and breathe for yeah. twenty minutes and then write. Okay. Um, and that has really provided a lot of clarity. Um, again, just it feels like 
my mind is able to organize mm -hmm. and label the emotions and experiences mm -hmm. that That's I've important. had in, you know, the past. That's important. And at first it was like it's very important. the past day or the past mm -hmm. week. But the more I've done it, it's like stuff from my childhood that'll pop up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that yeah, has to get dealt with pronto. It's some heavy <laughs> stuff, bro. It's some yeah. heavy stuff. But just taking the, the time to create the space for that has allowed, you know. So do you say, would you say that's something that keeps you grounded? Like, especially like in this, in this, in this year, like has that, what has helped keep you ground, kept, yeah, what has kept you grounded throughout this year? Man. This year has been so fast paced, fast paced. I think we're going to look back on it and like move BC up mm -hmm. to 2020 and just say before COVID. Before COVID. Because 2020 has been like 50 years long. Yeah, it has felt like. Um, I met a girl, moved across the country, got married, new job, pandemic, you know, on top of all of that. Um, starting a new life in a different place. So I think I'm just now reaching a point where things are routine enough for me to get grounded. Mm, I like that. I Instead like of just trying grounded. to stay with the pace, you know, yeah. <laughs> not drown. Yeah, you've had it kind of go with the flow. Yeah. Uh, now you kind of, I get it, you got the pace to it where you need to run at. Yeah. And now it's like, all right. And it's, so it's kind of a, a brisk yeah. walk. Yeah. It's not even a running pace. It's yeah. just a, okay, you know, Damn. take a second, collect your things. Yeah. Do a check. Can you move forward? Okay, let's do it. I love that. I, do, I, I love it. I love that because, like, I think the idea of journaling is important. Or mm -hmm. wherever, however you do it. Maybe whether you do it with your phone, whether you do it as a video journal as you or you write it down or type it out. I think, like... Going having, I think what you do, what you realize as you begin to journal and track it, make sure you put your date on it and all that. I think like you look a year back from now, like you look at it, something you wrote a year from now, and you're like, darn, I remember when I was working through this, mm -hmm. and I and like I now I'm aware of when stuff like this comes up of how to deal with it, mm -hmm. and it's like it's kind of cool to see the growth that happens or just the things that you were thinking about, like yo, this was the thing I was obsessing yeah. about at the time. And now it's like, I don't even think about this person no more. Right. So it's like, wow. And it writing has never been routine for me. Yeah. Um, like, I'll, I'll find an old notebook mm -hmm. from, like, middle school. Mm -hmm. And then some entries from high school. Mm -hmm. And then, but lately my jam has been a notepad and a wooden number two pencil. That's great. It's, really, it's therapeutic in a lot of ways, bro. It is. Like it really me, is. I, I never realized how much I used to like. I, I journal. I've journaled for a while, but like before, I was really aware of what I was doing. It wasn't really till like a couple years ago. Mm. But like seeing that aspect of it now, I'm like, well, I think why I used to write so much is because I didn't. I didn't. I didn't for a long time. I didn't say what I was thinking. I always just kept a lot of stuff to myself, right? And just kept it in here. And so like when I got to write it down, I was like, oh, it's like it's it's like a deep breath. It's processing. Honestly, that's what it is. It's a, it's a form of processing. Yeah, the first time I stopped to do that, um, the first time I stopped to just breathe, it was my intentions were busy. Yeah. It was uh, another notch in my belt, another tool my I could use. Like, busy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get good at, at you know, meditating through breathing exercises yeah. every day, so I can be a more healthy person. Yeah. And I sat down and did it, and it was quiet. Okay. And my brain up until that point had been busy. And so it was the first time um, in months that my head was just quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and then all of these ideas just started popping up. And they were gentle. It wasn't like a, you know, mm -hmm. a shotgun style, like, I've got to write all this down. It was, it was just quiet. Mm -hmm. It was peaceful. Um, and that was just so different from how I had been living my life, which was wake up, do what you need to do, go back to sleep. Um, mm, autopilot. Yeah, it, it was just so different that I, I wrote down, the first goal I wrote down, I wrote musts and wants mm -hmm. on the goal page. And the first must I wrote down was breathe every day, write every day. Mm. That's 
my new morning routine, and it's been great. Breathe every day, write every day. Taking that time to clear space for yourself. Right. Clear space and, for yourself. And it's so, I mean, if you say you don't have 30 minutes in the morning, wake up 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just making time for that. Yeah sets up the rest of the day to just be yeah um manageable yeah i know for me personally if my morning is if my morning is not right then i'm not present mm-hmm. you're not getting all of me <laughs> I'm just, that's yeah. the truth you're just not getting all of me and i'm just now getting to a place where that's the truth for me yeah. and it's been awesome yeah it's been really great but like for me i want to really learn to like i feel like i have a decent morning routine mm-hmm. like i, I really like it's, it's it's stages within the year that like my morning team is a one, like it's unbreakable, it's solid. But then there's other parts in the year where it's just like oh, it's not it's, it's off it's flimsy. Yeah, it's flimsy. <laughs> it's flimsy here at times. But I do want to learn. I, I I would love to like build a routine that's maybe centered around some type of meditation or prayer, um, some type of reflection, some writing, mm-hmm. movement. So whether it be like yoga or lifting or something and then like uh just learning so like reading so if it's a book spending that's how ideally how and then obviously breakfast will come on the way right but like ideally for me i would love to do uh have a morning routine with all those components in it because that is activating everything my mind my body and my spirit yeah for me yeah and now it's preparing me to be able to be of service to everyone else and i think it's so easy to just write that off, you know, body, mind, and soul mm-hmm. as like a YMCA catchphrase. Yeah, like that sounds nice. But one of the things I realized recently was when I moved, mm-hmm. my mind conceptualized everything pretty quickly. Yes. Um, and then six, seven, eight months in to the move, my body and my soul were just restless. Yeah. And it's because I, I never took the time to sit and actually process how big what you that mean, was my yeah. my entire every aspect of my life changed every like that literally bro you yeah. came from single to married you yeah. came from Winston say North Carolinian to how do you call it Colorado Colorado yeah Colorado it's just to like leaving your family starting your own family but also gaining a new family yeah learning your new family and the way that they move and but also creating beginning the stages of creating the family and how your family will. Right. And again, my head heard that and was like, yeah. got it. Cool. Let's do it. Go. Yeah. But my, you know. But sitting down, parking yourself like, Burr. my body and my spirit were like, take a nap. And yeah, my head bro. was like, go for a run. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but like, I, I do see it. Like when you were saying that, like um, how your year's been kind of fast paced, mm-hmm. I, I was reflecting earlier this year, like when, excuse me, when the when COVID first came into town, how it literally put the e-brake on, I feel like, every, the whole world. Everything. Yeah, it put the e-brake on, like, sit down, sit at the house. So, like, you were feeling, like, in ways trapped of, like, in your own thoughts because, like, dang, I can't go out. I can't distract myself with entertainment venues. I can't go to a bar. I can't go to a, uh, a brewery. I can't go to... A restaurant, I can't do these things, right? Because it wasn't safe. But mm-hmm. now it's like, oh man, I have to sit down. But I really did. I felt like everything had slowed down for a time. And like, I think that's what I needed. Like, it was not to say I, I wish COVID wasn't here, but that that time to like sit down, like, because what you were saying, everything was going. It's like, it's building up, building up, and it's like lagging behind. And then like, you got to gut check it for it to go back and get it yeah, boom <laughs> and it's like oh it's finally just caught up yeah. to me man i was feeling so stressed and overwhelmed just between work yeah. and just not taking time for myself i wasn't taking enough time at like the beginning of this year the end of last year the beginning of this year enough time for myself to to just or creating space for me to check on me mm-hmm. and if and what that would ended up doing was me just internalizing anxiety and the stress of other people. Mm-hmm. And it was just getting to this boiling point where I was feeling like I was losing myself. Yeah. And then like I it like COVID nineteen happened and it's like, oh snap, I can't go back into the school because literally they told us to stay home. Yeah. So now I'm working from home. And now that I'm working from home, once I do what I need to do, I have a bunch of time. 
on my hands. And so, like, what am I going to do with myself? All right, I could work out for how long? All right. <laughs> now, what, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, I had to, like, journal. I had to, like, sit with some dark stuff. I had to sit with some, mm-hmm. some good stuff and just, like, really see what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that in this year, that slowing down, like, but what you were saying, just getting to this point where it's like, oh, man, I need to check in. It's time to check in with myself. Yeah, I think amidst the pain and difficulty of COVID, mm-hmm. there have been so many beautiful things. Like, you know, you see the the story of the person who got tired of sitting around and lost 100 pounds. Yeah. Or the, the story of the person that had been so busy prior to the virus, and now they're stuck inside with their family. And, you know parents really getting to know their children yeah many relationships and then the story of of guys like us that had been you know i my motto i think before covid was i got it Mm. yeah sure yeah Mm -hmm. let's do it i'm good and then you you try and do it well and and my projects would take up more time than i would give to myself yeah Exactly. And so when I stopped and had nothing going on, it's like, shouldn't this be awesome? Mm-hmm. Why am I so restless? Because there was so much work that ha- should have been done a long time ago that now is like, hello. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> restless because there's no rest in you. I think, dang, we're tapping. This just flows because like, that's what I'm learning is to move out of a place of rest. Move from a place of rest. Like I believe that like, as believers... That's what we're called to do. Like, move out of a place of rest. Like, um, church I attend now, they just started, like, a new uh, series, and it's talking about rest. But, like, I think us moving from this place of rest and recognizing that you don't always have to grind yourself into the dirt to feel like you've made a difference or made an accomplishment. Like, resting to recharge resting so that you can do what you need to do with that resting to right like resting to just recognize that you're a human being and there's limitations to who you are yeah and if you continue to keep trying to press yourself beyond these limitations of grinding 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 you will come to a place where you aren't you aren't able to do that because you're going to grind yourself to death and i think there's a great example of that in the scriptures Mm -hmm. like it's a little corny but i heard somebody say one time jesus never ran you know, the fastest he ever moved was when he needed to take a boat. Mm. But he walked everywhere. That's real. And how many times, is, you know, were the disciples like, where is he going? And he's like, I got to go pray. <laughs> like, he, he would wake up early yeah. and walk into the woods and lay back down and pray. Yeah. And that that's how he would, you know. I think that's real. When he got, when things started to get serious... That's how that's how he acted, and I think that's a great example for us that we've been forced to learn because of this global pandemic. Yeah, cultivate that time for yourself. <laughs> cultivate your me time. Yeah, <laughs> cultivate your me time is you're going to be on everybody else's time. Right. But cultivate your me time. So, out of all of this, what's the greatest lesson that you feel like you've learned this year? <laughs> Hmm. I think um, people need to relax. When you say people, do you mean Brian? I do think Brian definitely needs to relax. But we just kind of live as an American society in this apocalyptic mentality where everything that's happening right now is the worst thing that's ever happened. Mm. Um, and you need to, to be smart and you need to be careful. Um, but I think in relaxing, I guess that ties back into what we were just saying, but I think in relaxing there's hope. Mm-hmm. When, um, when you can stop and see beauty... I think it, it puts some perspective on everything. Politics, work, religion. Um, I, just, I think apocalyptic is a great word for how we communicate as a society these days. Mm-hmm. Did you see what so-and-so said? 
outrageous. Get rid of him. Mm-hmm. Did you hear what she said? Did you see what she did? He did whatever. You know, it's this virus and everything's dying. Be smart. Be careful. Relax. Relax. Don't panic. Right. Because it's there. Yeah. And you could spend all of your energy uh, being pissed about it and trying to, you know, make sure people know that the virus is a hoax or trying to make sure that people stay indoors because it's their fault. Yeah. I mean, it's just everything is two-sided yeah. and very extreme. Yeah. So let's just relax and listen to each other. I like that, what you said. Let's relax and listen. I think in this um, upcoming year, I think I feel like there's something I'm being led to do. I just feel it in my spirit right now of like um, having conversations with people. And I think like in this year, I feel like I'm going to have to for some reason. Just, um, and not that I, I don't really, I really I, not that I'm reluctant to do it, but I think that I'm, I think that is necessary this year coming up. Just having conversations, intentional conversations with people to get an understanding because there are people in my life. Um, who I haven't talked to in a while, but it's no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. But I also know that there are things that we might not see eye to eye on in life right now, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, don't ever feel as though that's uh, what's keeping me from not speaking. I think it's just life thing, and we're just not speaking. Mm-hmm. But like, I just think that I do want to have those conversations because I love having those conversations. Maybe not in a crowded room full of a lot of people because then the ego can get in the way. Right. And this is what I believe and this is what I believe. Right. But in a one-on-one sitting setting where we could just sit down and chop it up and we really get to talking about things and really shedding light and helping to maybe help somebody else gain a, a different perspective. Yeah. Just vice versa. Yeah. You know, being able to say that like, yo, we don't agree on everything, but like we're going to sit down and talk about it and we can continue to talk about it, but I still respect your humanity. And you respect mine. And, yeah, so I think that is what you were saying. Just people need to sit down and just listen. One thing I love about our relationship is we'll go, like, three or four months without talking to each other. And then one of us will call the other and say, hey, what do you think about this? And it'll be just a really uncomfortable, difficult topic. Mm -hmm. And we'll just have a conversation. It's like, all right, thanks. And then, you know. But that's real, man. Yeah. That's an example of people needing to understand the differences but like I think like what it does is I don't know it, it helps I guess it helps you be able to come together on stuff that matters yeah. you know what I'm saying and like and you're not, right a big part of that is listening yeah listening that's uh that's it's, it's hard to do for a lot of people yeah it's like I tell some of my students sometimes when they get the chop, chopping talking too much I'm like you got two ears and one mouth for a reason listen twice speak once mm-hmm. right you got two ears and one mouth for a reason so listen use these things use mm-hmm. them to listen not just listen to them so that you can talk back but just like listen to what I'm saying or listen to what somebody else is saying right try to understand listen right. to understand right not to change right not to change what they say is that it's one of those seven habits of highly effective people seek uh, to understand seek to understand so mm. that you can be understood so mm-hmm. like if I'm that's seeking, good. Yeah. So if I'm listening to you right, and I'm I'm asking those questions that show you that I'm listening. What that is going to do over time is that you're gonna ask me questions, right? Because if I go into a conversation with, oh, he got it. You got to hear what I'm saying. You got <laughs> to hear my perspective. You are gonna get this, right? Versus like, let me listen to what you got to say, right? Because then that opens up. So so what do you think? Well, since you have. This is how I feel about the situation. And this is why I feel about the situation. Now you can share your perspective. But it takes being humble. Yeah. To like really, you know, being humble and being secure and and um and not always having to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard, right? Yes. No, not everybody wants to listen. And I feel like the people that come into conversations with, oh, you have to hear yeah. what I believe. Also think that you have to hear what I believe and accept it and believe it yourself. Yeah. And those yeah. conversations either last like 45 seconds or a couple years. 
<laughs> and and it is not pleasant. Yeah, and it's, you don't really want to be around people like that who feel like you have it's their way or the highway. This yeah. is my perspective, and like the thing I'm learning as I get older is everybody, like they say, everybody's got opinions. Everybody has perspective, and I'm learning. Like honestly, like it's, it's an unlearning of things that I've learned. Right, I've grown up to think that you have to think this way, or mm-hmm. it's just like no, nah, that's just wrong. But without compromising myself and what I believe. I mean, I have to respect what somebody's truth may be, but right. like it's a certain points to it. Like if somebody's truth is like um, devaluing humanity or somebody else, we need to call that out. Right, right. right. But and if, like you said, there are ways to do that. Yeah. Where you say, "Hey, where are you at right now?" Mm-hmm. And then there's probably something else underneath that yeah. that's coming across as, you know, yeah, and derogatory, think- degrading. I think like just going back to remember, I guess the common grounds, like I think for me, this might be advice to myself. It's just finding those common grounds that I have with certain people and using that as an outlet to begin conversation. Yeah. Because like sometimes like being a football player, like some people I probably would have never met a damn shoot, even the fellows. I'll be honest with you, brother. Like, I don't think I would have ever been friends or like cross paths with any of anybody in the fellows at the time if it wouldn't have been for the fellows and it's just because at that point in my life that uh, we didn't none of us moved in the same all in different life stages yeah, yeah. different life stages none of us moved in the same realm or, or like places so I never came in contact with you or like anybody else for that matter but it took like having that common ground and recognizing somebody comes from a different background they come from this and that and like coming together, knowing each other personally, building that relationship because of that common ground. But maybe going back to that and having conversations um, because we do have a relationship that was been formed. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think we would have bumped into each other at Southside? Bro, you put me on Southside. I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't oh. know Southside existed. I didn't know Slappies existed. I didn't know all that. I mean, oh. maybe you probably would have ran into each other like at, uh, Rec billiards downstairs in the little uh, yeah in the jazz speakeasy. night yeah in speakeasy part that that was cool that's always been a a cool part or maybe like I don't know what else but still we're we're such like I don't know we're similar in the way of like if if we didn't know each other and had made eye contact it would have been like a, hey man what's yeah, up yeah like and that's it and now to keep it moving <laughs> all is well yeah all right bro last question for you. Last one, man. Um, this is the million dollar question. You're going to pay me a million dollars to answer this question? Absolutely not. Okay. No. But it's the... It's the ah. All right. So, pretend there are, we are that we are in an auditorium. Mm-hmm. And then in this auditorium, 7.8 billion people, the entire population of the world, came to hear you speak. Like, all right. So... And, not long, because it's a bunch of us in here and tight. So they didn't want to hear you talk too long. So maybe like 30 seconds to a minute, 30 seconds. I don't know. They came to hear you speak, and they want to they wanna know. They need to hear some type of advice, encouragement, word of encouragement, or just some wise nugget that will help them go be a change agent within their sphere of influence. So you have people going back into every part of the world going to try to implement what you had to say Hmm. what would you tell them I would say um, and this this might I'll elaborate it might sound obvious but take more risks Mm, I love it Um, because there's like a 100% chance that you don't actually have as much control over your life as you think you do dang um and, and if you think you've got it all locked down, then congratulations, you know, stay where you're at if you'd like it. Mm. Um, but if there's that person or, you know, somebody pops into your mind, shoot them a text, give them a call. That's risky these days. It is. Calling bro. somebody out of the blue. Yeah. That's unheard of these days. People get sketched out by that. Call somebody, write a letter, um, Talk to somebody you might not talk to otherwise. Mm-hmm. Ask them questions. And, th- and all that stuff is risky. Um, but the the worst thing that could happen is they say, get out of here. 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, my bad. <laughs> and then you go back to where you were in the first place. Um, and I, I had a, a pastor tell me one time, relax, because it's worse than you think it is. <laughs> relax, <laughs> because it's worse than you. Think about that. Like, no, that had me panicking, Melo Key. Right. right. But his point was, it's you are not in as much control as you think you are, yeah. and you're still where you're at. Yeah. It's way worse than you thought it was, but you're still doing okay. Yeah. So relax. It's worse than you think it is. <laughs> Take a risk. <laughs> Take a risk. Taking a risk, bro. No, taking a risk. I like that. That's what I would say. It's needed to hear, man. People do need to take risks. Um, we can. And what a better time, right? Ever, this is a weird, stagnant time. Where it's true. I think you should be putting mm-hmm. resources to retooling. Mm-hmm. Who you are. Yeah. And like you can dream up a new life for yourself. Mm-hmm. You can dream up, help dream up of a new world. And it doesn't have to be dramatic. It yeah. doesn't have to be <laughs> moving across the country to to <laughs> pursue a woman yeah. or a significant other or whatever. But I think I think a little risk every now and then it goes a long way. It does. A little risk goes a long way. It's like investing. A little bit goes a long way. Over there. Yeah, just just reach out to that person that it's maybe a little intimidating to talk to. Huh. That's real. Remind me of something when you said that. <laughs> I'm not just leave it. Okay. I'm gonna leave it. Talk about that. But that was okay. like it reminded me of something in a lot of ways. Just yeah, just. Yeah. I like that though, man. It it not only you know hmm. will make your life more exciting. Yeah. Even if it's like, oh my gosh, like they responded and they were happy that I reached out. Yeah. But I think it also builds a little character. For sure. It makes uh, hmm. it makes things less scary. Mm-hmm. You recognize it. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Right. I think that's great advice, bro. And I think if seven point eight billion people heard that, you know, take the right risk too. <laughs> don't be an ass. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say that to every single yeah, human. I, know, right? on I was like, oh, <laughs> take the right risk. All right? Come on, let's not risk. Uh, but if somebody but, was uh, asking for advice, that's what I'd say. Yeah, and I and I guess like we are all in all seven eight seven point eight billion people are under the understanding that we are coming together to make the world a better place. Okay, so, yeah, then that's what I'd say. Take a risk. Take the risk. Take a risk. Take a risk. But before we can make the world a better place, we have to make. We have to. It starts within ourselves. Organize your thoughts. Yes. So start within yourself, and then it can it can spill over to the people that you're you're next to, whether it be your family, your friends, your community, and then from your community getting better, the world gets better. You know, that's how that's how I think. Any type of change that you want to see, it starts within yourself. Yeah. Be the change. Yeah. So I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate your your, your wisdom in the room. I appreciate your just who you are. Yeah, a person, man. Thank and, you. Uh, Thank you. I'm just grateful that you came and sat down and had a conversation with me, brother. And happy to. Yeah, bro. Anytime. So the next time I'm out here, I don't know. It might be a bigger, might be a bigger thing. We might have a camera crew. We might have a whole camera crew. And we can point at somebody and say, "Hey, get a picture of that elk." Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna speak that into existence. Who knows, man? Who knows? <laughs> It's a, it's a lot can happen in a year. I'll say that. That's right. A lot can happen in a year, bro. But um, grateful for you. Any any last words from me? Any last thing you want to say? I'd say uh, thanks for thinking of me when you started up this crazy idea of a Wisdom in the Room tour. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, vote local and love your neighbor. <laughs> vote local and love your neighbor. I love it, brother. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on Wisdom in the Room. Yes, sir. I am your host, Matthew Gibson. Until next time, peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Wisdom in the Room. Remember to follow me on Instagram at Wisdom in the Room and check out my newest blog post at wisdomintheroom.com. Stay tuned because I have a lot of new content coming your way. Remember, you are always welcomed here in the room with me. So y'all stay safe out there. Be blessed. Until next time, peace.